We pick up our study through 1 Peter back in chapter 1, verse 13. Chapter 1, verse 13. In our last session, we locked in on that exhortation, gird your minds for action. Because so many of the battles you and I face in life or are won or lost in the mind. And, and so we continue our study back in verse 13. Therefore, gird your minds for action. That is the phrase we locked in on last uh, session. Therefore, gird your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As we said last session, we have to change what goes in if we want to change what comes out. Peter's first point in this particular section of his glorious epistle is this. Keep your goal in mind with a single-minded determination. Now, let me illustrate this principle by taking you to what will, on the surface, appear to be an extremely strange passage of Scripture to illustrate his point. In fact, the moment that you turn to this passage of Scripture, many of you who have joined us for this session are going to say, Wayne, what in the world are you doing? But let's go for it anyway. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Some of you have already got to that passage in the Gospels and you're thinking, wait a minute, what in the world? Matthew chapter 2. And the Word of God says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, what connection does that have with what we're talking about in 1 Peter? For much of their journey, these magi did not have the benefit 
of that shining star. They saw it when they looked into the east, beckoning them on their journey. They saw it again when they left the household of Herod, beckoning them to Bethlehem. But in between those two manifestations, there existed thousands of thousands of thousands of miles of absolute darkness. They could not see that star. So what sustained them on their journey? The promise of what awaited them at the end of that journey. And that is precisely what sustains us in the midst of life's storms. We hear the clear clarion call of the gospel that God loved us, Jesus died for us, and forgiveness of our past and hope for the future is available to us if we would but put our faith, hope, and trust in him. Many of us said yes. We trust Christ. We believe in what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we began this glorious journey knowing heaven and a future inheritance awaits us on the other side. And yet in between coming to Christ and going to heaven, there are miles and miles, there are decades and decades of darkness. The winds blow, the rains fall, the lightning cracks. What sustains us on this journey through the perilous storms of life? Like that star, the promise of what awaits us on the other side of the journey. Now back to our session in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. We said last session that we were going to look at it generally, and then we were going to parse through this particular verse phrase by phrase. Well, that is what I want us to continue doing. In, last, in the last session, we looked at that first phrase that appears in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, gird your minds for action. I want us to turn our attention to that second phrase, keep sober in spirit. When you and I hear the word sober, we immediately make the connection between that word and the consumption of alcohol. And there is a very simple reason why we make that connection. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, the wisest man who ever lived stated, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever partakes thereof is not wise. When we are inebriated, or to use a simpler vernacular, when we are drunk, our tempers tend to get the best of us. Our emotions take over. And that is what Solomon is addressing. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs chapter 23, picking up with verse 29, Solomon asks a series of questions. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who 
Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long over wine, those who go to taste mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your mind will utter perverse things. And you will be like the one who lies down in the middle of the sea or like the one who lies down on the top of a mass. They struck me, but I did not become ill. They beat me, but I did not know it. When shall I awake? I will seek another drink. (laughs) How sad. But Solomon tells us when alcohol takes over, it produces emotional problems. Look at the questions that he asked in that particular section of Proverbs. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? When alcohol takes over, it it produces social problems. Who has contentions? Who has complaining? When alcohol takes over, it, it produces physical problems. Solomon asked, who has wounds without cause? Who has redness? of eyes. When alcohol takes over, it produces delusions. You see things that are not there. Verse 33, your eyes will see strange things and your mind will utter perverse things. Now, it is not my intention to turn this session into a dissertation on alcohol, but I do want us to have a clear clarion understanding of Peter's analogy. When a person is not sober, they lose their alertness. They lose their clarity. They lose their rationality. They lose their perspective. They lose control over their mind, their will, and their emotions. So what Peter is exhorting us to do when he says keep sober in spirit is simply this. Keep alert. Maintain your perspective. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Stay on your toes spiritually. Why was this important to these hearers to whom Peter is seeking to offer encouragement? In the midst of suffering, in the midst of setbacks, in the midst of pain, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of injustice and unfairness, it is easy for all of us to lose our perspective. It is easy for us to become so consumed by short-term trials that we lose sight of our long-term triumph. And so Peter exhorts these believers in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their suffering, to keep sober in spirit. Stay rational. Stay alert. Keep on your toes spiritually. Don't be so consumed by the storms of the now that you lose sight of your long-term triumph. And then the third phrase that we find in 1 Peter chapter 3, fix your hope completely on the grace of God 
to be brought to you. The, the word fix is actually in a unique verb tense. It, it, it appears in the aorist active imperative, which means lock it there, leave it there, and do not look anywhere but there. <laughs> fix your hope. We have defined hope as the bedrock guarantee of a future inheritance rooted in a past event. Keep, fix your hope completely on the grace of God to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now in verse 3, hope, the bedrock guarantee of a future inheritance rooted in a past event. In verse 3, that hope is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here in verse 13, that hope is based on the return of Jesus Christ. So is our hope based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, or is our hope based on the return of Jesus Christ? The answer is yes and yes. How? Remember, our hope is a living hope, an active hope, because our hope is built on a living, active Savior. It is built in and it is built on Jesus Christ. Fix your hope completely. We are fond of saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But Peter is preaching just the opposite. Put all of your eggs in this one basket. What basket? The basket of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. We are what we are because of what Jesus has done. We will inherit what we will inherit because of what Jesus has done. So we are to do what we do every moment of every day because of what Jesus has done for us. So look at verse 13 again. Therefore, gird your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, on the basis of everything that I've already said to you, one, roll up your sleeves, two, stay on your toes, three, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your goal in mind with a single-minded determination. But as we will discover in our next session, this simple-minded obsessive future inheritance has behavioral consequences in the here and the now. That is what we will discuss in our next session. See you then. This study through God's Word is a study for scuba divers. As I shared in our introduction, there are two approaches to God's Word. You can approach God's Word as a snorkeler, or you can approach God's word as a scuba diver. Snorkelers stay on the surface. They get a panoramic view of what's in the word. 
but the scuba diver goes deep. He immerses himself in the water and he finds the treasures buried among the reefs below. We want to help you find the treasures of God's word by going deeper. And I hope that we have accomplished that. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Word Power Media Ministry, our email address, wordpowermm at gmx.com. Also, if you have a prayer request, please feel free to reach out to us. Our team would love to lift that prayer uh, to the Lord on your behalf. We consider ourselves family. You may have never been in a room with us face to face, but if you've joined us in this journey through God's word, we consider you family. And we want to do everything we can to encourage you and to minister to you. Thank you.